Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. I had a lot of reasons to say no, but I said yes. Do you catch that? I had a lot of reasons to say no, but I said yes. Uh, That's for our Honduras mission trip. If you're new uh, to the Valley, we've had a 10-year partnership with the Northeast corner of Honduras. We've helped build five churches plus a pastoral training center. Uh, I meet regularly on on Zoom with the pastors there, in fact, connecting with them again this week. And um, God's been doing really cool things. And so we have a trip coming up uh, this summer, and uh, that's, uh, I think it's June uh, do we have that slide for me? <laughs> no, we don't. Okay, I'm going to have to remember it. I think it's June 29th through July 7th. June 29th through July 7th. I'm pretty sure on that. Uh, and I do, like, like was said, I, I think everyone at some point in their life should take an international mission trip, uh, not just for what you'll be able to do and the blessing you'll be to those people, but what God will do in and through you. And so if you have even 1% interest on our trip this summer, that connection card that Jessica talked about a little earlier, just on the back of it, right Honduras. Right Honduras, drop it in one of our giving boxes. We have one on the wall there, one as you leave. Uh, and then we'll have Rob Alexander, who's our coordinator for Honduras, get in touch with you and kind of go from there. So you're not signed up to go or anything like that. You're just wanting to learn more about that. Uh, and we're actually extending that. So the 10-year partnership ended, uh, ends in 2023, and I'm extending that as a valley. And we're going to be really pouring more into the pastors and developing them and um, truly seeing what we want to see at the Valley Church his lives being transformed. Today we kick off a new series, uh, The Misfits of Christmas. This is going to culminate on Christmas Eve. So um, like Jessica said, there's, uh, we're praying, right? We're praying a thousand people come at Christmas Eve who don't know Jesus. And I think God might be answering that prayer because I, I was stunned. It wasn't even December 1st. And they're like, yeah, our three o'clock sold out. I'm like, okay, uh, we need to see if they'll be willing to give us uh, another service time. So, so exciting for that. Um, so this, this whole series, builds. Each week builds on, on, on the next. And then, like I said, does culminate on Christmas Eve. My great-grandfather on my mother's side uh, was a hardworking guy, uh, provided for his family, uh, did a lot of incredible, powerful, sweet, awesome things. Um, he I hear these stories all the time from my grandmother. My grandmother's uh, 91, maybe watching us right now, and as her dad, and just how, how incredible he was. But the reality is, I, I never met him. Uh, he passed away a number of years before I was born. And there's times that I wonder, you know, would we have connected? Um, what, how were we similar? How were we different? I did, I did learn one way that I think uh, he passed on some good genes to me. I was told that when he had a baseball game on in the living room, that no one was allowed to talk. I'm like, I think I would have liked this guy. Like, I think he passed on those good genetic things to me. That sounds like my kind of guy. Uh, but you do wonder, right? Um, you know, what, what things did we, what, what would we have had in common? Did, how much did I look, do I look like him or don't look like him? What are good things he passed on? Is there any things in my life or any hangups that he passed on some of that kind of stuff too. And, um, and it's family trees. We all have a family tree, something all of us have here today. And those joining us online, you do too. And we welcome you. We have a family tree. 
Now, sometimes on that family tree, there's certain people that uh, we maybe gloss over um, that we don't talk a lot about. Um, hopefully, it's not one of you. Uh, in your own family tree, um, maybe you had the, uh, an uncle who, who sold some moonshine, or maybe you had great aunt Mabel who drank the moonshine, um, you know. But we all have... Uh, or tend, I think a lot of us do anyhow, have people in our family tree that, um, let's just say, make us a little nervous. Now, maybe some of those family tree members are still alive and um, they're gonna be coming to your house for the holidays this year. Uh, but this year you're prepared because you already have that appointment made with your counselor. So you'll be all right after. <laughs> uh, Jesus was not exempt Jesus had a family tree. And today we're going to be looking at that family tree. But before we look at that family tree, one thing I just want to put into your mind is this. What's your future family tree going to look like because of you? Have you ever thought about that? When we look at the family tree, we always tend to go back in history, generation, this generation, that generation. But you're part, if you're here today, which I see all of you out here, so you're here, you're alive, you are part of your family tree. And I want you to just wrestle with this question a little bit. Have you ever thought about, because of you, what the future family tree, so in a couple generations, when they're looking back and they see your name, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to remember about you? Because we all are in that family tree and we all are living our life now. And we're all gonna have something that's said about us when we're gone. We're all gonna have something that we're remembered for. We're all gonna have some impact on the next line of that family tree, right? So today we're gonna be in Matthew chapter one. Uh, you're gonna, if you want to follow along, I'm not going to read it, and I'm not going to read it for a reason. You'll see in a second, but it's page eight, 783. There you go. Page 783 in the Bible. So if you have the Bibles in front of you, I'd encourage you to grab them because I'm not going to put this on the screen. This is the genealogy of Jesus. Now you'll see when you open up, if you, if you have those Bibles, the 783, or if you're on your phone, I'm going to be in the New International Version. You'll see why I'm not going to read it because it's just a long list of names. And it's one of these, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading the Bible, maybe I'm in Chronicles or, or different parts of the Old Testament, and it's just generation and names after names. And I'm like, why didn't we name people back in the day, Bob and Ted and Sally, and, and right? We have these names I can't even pronounce, <clears throat> and you can't either. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, I'm, gonna do, I'm doing the one-year Bible, so I can't like not read this chapter because then like God knows, and I'm, I, but I'm gonna read it pretty fast and there's probably nothing I can get out of it. And like, you ever, am I the only one? Like, why? And this would be one of those chapters, like this would be an interesting sermon, Mark. So you have a whole host of names here, going from Abraham to Uzziah to um, Jeconia, see, they're, they're messing with me on these names. I'm going to just go to Mary. <laughs> That's in here. And Jay, what in the world is going on here? Well, I want to give you a little bit of background. So Matthew, who wrote this, was one of the followers of Jesus. He was a tax collector, and he was Jewish. And in the Jewish culture, especially in the first century, this is the first century, genealogies mattered. Uh, that, that, and they would all, if you could, if, if you could go three 
generations back, that was a huge deal. If you could prove your lineage through three generations, that was enough for the Jewish person to be like, okay, that's legitimate. And we're like, well, why is this included? And why is it like the first book in, in the New Testament? Well, it's actually not the first of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not the first one it was written. So that's not why. Um, most, most people believe that it's made the most sense to follow the last book in the Old Testament because the Old Testament was written to a Jewish nation. This one is written to another Jew, to the Jewish nation. It just kind of like flows nice and neat. So why in the world is Matthew, who's a Jew, then going and he's saying from 14 generation to 14 generation to 14 generation. Now he does, he's not doing this all in order. You could go back and like, well, that person's actually not the son of this person or whatever. It's not the point. The point is he goes back pretty far. And as they're reading this, now most people couldn't read in the first century, right? Most people are illiterate. So someone would write this down and then someone would read it to them. And as they're reading this about, and he starts with Abraham, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Isaac, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jacob, okay, yeah, Jacob has. And, but then there's other names. And as some names were thrown out there, Jaws would have dropped. I'm just telling you. Jaws would have dropped. Because they say about Tamar. Tamar has a sketchy past. And then they talk about David. Well, they, and part of this was to prove the, the prophecy that Jesus did come through the lineage of David. So there was a legit reason for this. But there's something we know when we look at all these names. I'm just going to pick a few of them. Abraham. He was the father of the Jewish nation. But 80 year, at the age of 80, without any children, he, he sleeps with his, his servant and has a child and disobeys God. Twice he lies that his own wife is even his wife because he was scared. We have Jacob who was, had some serious issues with his dad and, and, and very dysfunctional family that he led. We have four times in here, Tamar, and we have Mary, and we have Ruth. Ruth wasn't even Jewish. <laughs> she was an outsider, but four different women. Do you know in the first century, the men would pray a prayer, God, thank, the Jewish men, God, I thank you that I'm a Jew. God, I thank you I'm a, not a Gentile. And God, I thank you that I'm not a woman. That's not a good prayer, <laughs> but that's what they would pray. I mean, women were like, you had, you had the dirt and then you dug like five feet below there and then you started getting to where women fit in that culture. But yet in Jesus's genealogy, four different women are mentioned. You have David, who was a king and was in the lineage of, of Jesus, of course, but he also had an affair and was an accomplice to murder. You keep reading this list and you see people like Manasseh. Manasseh was a king of Israel who sacrificed his own son. Not necessarily the who's who's. And the list goes on until we end up with this teenage carpenter guy in this unwed teenage mother. And so when we read this, we're like, what is going on? Why are all these people included in the lineage of Jesus? And especially, why did they not leave out the crazy uncle? <laughs> why, did, why, did they, why did Matthew, this is so big, why did Matthew include those who had fallen short, those who were messed up, you have Rahab, who's a prostitute. She's mentioned in here. Three other women beside her. Like I said, you had, you had um, 
ones who weren't even Jewish by birth. And I just asked myself the question, is, is, is God up to something here? Is God up to something here? Hold that question in your mind. Is God up to something here? Remember years ago, um, seeing the news come out that Tiger Woods, who we all followed, who we all thought was like, you know, the cat's meow, right? And, and couldn't do anything wrong. The, the, the report started right around this time, right around Thanksgiving, that he had a car accident. Remember that? Some of you. And, and a golf club went through his back windshield, which was suspicious. That's, <laughs> like he's a better golfer than that. And, and then the news kept coming out, right? Kept coming out that this guy we thought was like the epitome of class and uh, the family man and all this kind of stuff had had affairs and, and multiple affairs and it was kind of just messed up. But the reality is that it's not just him, is it? I'm messed up <laughs> and I'm not picking on you today, but you might have some mess ups too. And when we look at Jesus's lineage, there's something really fascinating. There's people in here who have issues. You don't have to raise your hand on this, but do you have any issues? <laughs> no one raised their hand? No, <laughs> right? They have issues. Tiger had issues. I have issues. They had issues. We all have issues. And here's the worst news. Not only do, do they have issues and not only do we have issues, but the Bible tells us that beyond, beyond our even issues, we have a sin issue. No different than any of the ones listed in Jesus' genealogy. In fact, it says this in Isaiah that all of us, all of us have strayed away like sheep. We have all left God's path to follow our own. We lie, we gossip, we cheat, we steal, we lust, we covet, we, right? We, we all have gone our own way. We have all done kind of our own thing. And that's the bad news. <laughs> the bad news is that we are all flawed. The bad news is that we are all trying to figure out in this life, how do we get it right? And it's so interesting, it's so fascinating that Jesus' family tree included the flawed. And here's what I want us to start thinking about. We're gonna kick it off this week and we're gonna keep building throughout this series. Because we see in Jesus' genealogy that it's filled with a bunch of flawed people, it says something about Jesus. It says that Jesus, see, Jesus left heaven, right? He left perfect, he left everything that he had, and he entered into this flawed, broken, messed up, dinged up world because he can identify with us. It's not foreign to him, it's because it's, it, that's his family. <laughs> he understands when he looks back a generation, nothing in our life surprises him. None of our flaws, none of our sin, none of our hangups, none of our hurts, none of our surprises him. In fact, I put this, and this is the bottom line. Christmas is for the flawed. God does not work through people who have it all together. He works through broken, flawed, sinful people. In fact, my overall theme of this whole series is, is that, but... If God didn't work through the misfits, there would be no one left. 
If God didn't work through the broken, if he didn't work through the flawed, if he didn't work through the sinful, there would be no one left. Now, how does this work? Because I don't know about you, but my mind functions more like a hard drive. I'm not a computer guy, but I know what a hard drive is. And in a hard drive, what? Everything is stored there. Nothing gets erased. And so our minds, we remember our flaws. We remember our sin. We, we sometimes hold on to that stuff, don't we? We, we live in that. We, we might say that I know I'm forgiven, but I don't, I don't feel like I can release my past. I know I'm forgiven, or for those of you that have experienced the forgiveness of Christ, but I can't release my past. Church, here's the good news today. Jesus came to this earth to release your past. Jesus came to release your past. There's been many times in my life I've had to go back to, <laughs> to him. I remember when at my first time of, of giving my life to Christ, summer before my eighth grade year, I was at a summer camp in, in Cape May, New Jersey. If you're in Cape May, New Jersey, the only place you can go more south in Cape May, New Jersey is the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> no joke. I mean, it's the most southern tip of New Jersey. I was at what they call a camp meeting. Essentially, a camp meeting is, is a layman's language for it's going to be really hot outside and the building you meet in doesn't have air conditioning. That's what camp meeting is. And um, I remember that, that day being like, you know, I know a lot about Jesus. I grew up in church. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday morning. You know, we were there. If the church was open, we were there. I knew a lot about Jesus, but I didn't know him. And I was only, you know, when you're only in seventh grade, you, you, your list isn't quite as long as when you get in your 30s and 40s and older of sin. But I knew that my sin had broken that relationship with him. I knew I was messed up. I knew I was dinged. I knew I was dented. And I knew that this sin thing wasn't going to be able to be figured out on my own. So... They sang the song that night, the invitation. I was sitting in the, in the second row because I knew I was supposed to go forward that night and I didn't want to walk very far, <laughs> just straight up. And, that, and that's back in the day. And it's not a bad thing at all, but that's when they would sing that, you know, just come as you are and like seven times, eight times. I mean, they were going to bring it, you know. And um, I remember coming up and praying at a, at a bench like we have over there. My grandpa came up um, and prayed with me. And I crossed that line of faith. And there's been other times in my life, and I haven't lived perfect from then on, as none of us have, right? And there's been times I had to go back and ask for forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can know I'm forgiven, but I hold on to that past. Because our minds function that way. And because the enemy, Satan, wants you to be stuck. Have you ever had where he just says, well, you're not really forgiven because you still struggle with this. You're not really forgiven because you're not good enough. You're not really, right? you ever been there? Jesus came to erase the hard drive too. He came to set us free of that past. And he also came to set us free of our dysfunctional past. 
Potentially for some of you, when you look at your family tree and you learn more about different things in your family, you realize that, wow, okay, there's some things that have been modeled. Um, I don't know if I believe necessarily in generational curses. Ezekiel 18 addresses that. But I do think that there's things modeled. I think there can be predispositions to things. Um, It's that whole nature-nurture argument that no one has figured out. (laughs) So I'm not going to pretend I do. But you look and whether your family has some dysfunction in it or whether your own life has different layers of dysfunction in it, Jesus came to release that. It's so fascinating because at the beginning here, it says that this is a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now they use the word genealogy because that's what makes most sense to our Western understanding. But the actual best word to interpret here is it's a record of the genesis of Jesus Christ. Now genesis simply means beginning. Some of you know we have a book in the beginning of the Bible called Genesis, it means the beginning. This is so huge. This genealogy is so much bigger than a list of names in different generations. This is telling us, and Matthew is telling us, that with Jesus Christ, there's a new beginning happening. With Jesus now entering the scene, with Jesus now coming to earth, there's a new beginning that's happening. And this new beginning or or new covenant that's happening, this new is that you and I can be set free from our past. I asked you earlier to think about the family tree and how you want the family tree to look different in future generations. Or maybe you never thought about, you know what? I thought I was at the end of the family tree. (laughs) Like there aren't too many below me, but I guess, yeah, you make sense, Mark. I guess at some point there will be other names that follow and I won't be at the bottom. (laughs) It's kind of how generations work. What if with you, it changes future generations? What if with you, the dysfunction stops? What if with you and your generation and your children and grandchildren is where the past is released and it is a new beginning? Have you ever thought about that? That with you is where the new beginning starts. You see the reality of why Jesus came to earth is because God takes sin really serious. Sin is such a serious deal that Jesus had to give up all his heavenly rights. He had to enter into this world. He had to die on a cross that we sang about a little bit earlier and be the substitute for you and I's sin. And I forgot to bring one in. I actually don't have one at the house, but I got thinking about what's the best visual for how God, how, how God operates when it comes to our sin, how, how it operates of releasing our past, how it operates of erasing those things. And the thing that came to my mind was an Etch-a-Sketch. Y'all, I should have brought my, I don't have an Etch-a-Sketch. I need an Etch-a-Sketch. The kids would use it anyhow. But an Etch-a-Sketch, right? You draw and you have all this thing or whatever. And what do you do? You shake it up and what happens? It's gone. My Bible tells me that when we give our life to Christ that he forgets our sins as far as the east is from the west. He takes it and he treats it like an etch-a-sketch. He erases it. Our minds don't function that way. Our minds, again, we can know we're forgiven, but we can't release that past. We hold on to the past. God not only forgives, but he releases the past. 
He sets us free. In fact, the Bible says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. This story, these people here experience God's forgiveness. See, we started, I, said, I talked about how, well, we had Abraham who had, had you know, relations with his, with his servant and he, lie, he, was a, he had a lying issue. He's also known as the father of Israel. We have David. We have David who was an adulterer and a murderer. And it says that near the end of his life, he is the example of what? A man after God's own heart. We see people like Tamar. We see people here like Solomon who wrote at the end of Ecclesiastes, he essentially said, follow the Lord. <laughs> I've lived everything. I failed in a lot of ways, but I want to pursue after God. And the list goes on and on and on of those who were surrendered. Because here's what happens. When Jesus releases your past, he opens up all kinds of new possibilities. When he releases your past, he opens up all kinds of possibilities. And so many of us stay stuck in our past. Don't we? What if David would have stayed stuck in his sin? What if, what if Abraham would have stayed stuck? What if, you know, Jonah, what if, I mean, all throughout scripture, Paul, Peter, disowned Jesus in his biggest moment of need, gave up. What if they would have stayed stuck and not realized the incredible possibilities? I want to put this verse up on the screen. We should have Matthew 12. This is a weird verse. It's like, what in the world's going on here? I'm telling you what, this is so huge. This is, this is a verse that says exactly who Jesus is. So if you wonder who Jesus is, and you're like, man, I think he's just always mad at me, or I think he's out to get me, or I think he doesn't understand me, or I think he's just holding a sin over me. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he leads justice to victory. Now, here's the thing. A bruised reed, a reed was like a, it's not a flower. It's, it's think of like a, a, a thing of grass, like a, you got a picture of that? I'm doing a horrible job explaining it. <laughs> but they would use it as a musical, musical instrument. It's, it's kind of like, think of like a really thin tube, but it, it was a grass-like thing. A reed that is in that kind of condition is useless. It's, it's not good for anything. But it's saying that Jesus, because of his compassion, because of his mercy, because of his love, he's not gonna break that reed. He's not gonna destroy that reed. And then a smoldering wick, he will not, a smoldering wick would happen when the oil was all gone and the wick there had, had just, had burned out. There's no more oil. What good is it? What good is a broken reed or a bruised reed? What good is a smoldering wick? On the surface, they seem like they are useless. They seem like they're, they're past. <laughs> Their past use is no use of anymore. So what good are they? And Matthew says this about Jesus, that he leads them to victory. He sees good in them. He restores them. 
He's not done with them. When everyone else looks at this and sees there's no possibility, Jesus sees a possibility. And maybe you're looking at your life today and you feel like this bruised reed. Maybe you look at your life today and you feel like this smoldering wick. I've wasted my life. I'm not redeemable. There's nothing God can use in and through me. My, my, my sin, my mistakes, my, my mess ups are irredeemable. Church, here's the good news. He wants to lead you into victory. See, he gets it because this is what his family was like. He understands that this isn't the end. This is just what? It's just the beginning. How many of you, and again, don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you today are ready for a new beginning? How many of you today are ready to release your past? Now, maybe some of you today are, you've gotten there. You, you know you're forgiven and you know he's released your past. Do you know anyone who's stuck in their past? Do you have a friend? Do you have a coworker? Do you have a, a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad? Who they, you know they feel like that broken and bruised reed. You know like they feel like that smoldering wick. They feel like David felt. I was just reading in the Psalms the other day of him, his psalm of lament when, that, when the, the, the depravity of his sin just hit him like a ton of bricks. And that brokenness. Do you know anyone like that? Do you know anyone this Christmas who needs the hope of Jesus? See, that's why I've been praying. I've been praying for a thousand people who don't know Jesus to come to Christmas Eve. And we can start Christmas Eve early, by the way. We can start with new possibilities today. We can start being released of our past today. I was talking to some people this morning. We were talking about just so many people in this world, and maybe some of you fit into this, so, ma so many don't have any hope. So many are lost. So many are confused. So many are hurting. So many feel broken. And here's the great news about Christmas. Jesus entered this world and he gets us. His genealogy proves that he gets us. Do you notice who he's most attracted to, by the way? when he enters this world, to the broken, to women, to the sick, to the non-Jews. It was the pastors who drove him nuts. <laughs> Rightfully so. His whole ministry was to the misfit. He identified with us, which is fascinating because he's the son of God, but he entered this world as 100% man. I tell people all the time, if Jesus was not 100% man when he was on this earth, I can't follow him. I can't because it doesn't count if he's 1% God. No, it says he gave up all his divine rights. 100% human being. And he can identify with me. It gives me so much hope. He can identify with me. He doesn't look at my life. He doesn't look at my sin. He doesn't look at my mess ups. He doesn't look at my failure and say, I don't understand him. <laughs> He's a tough one, which he probably says that, but 
he looks at me and he has compassion. He looks at me as the bruised reed. He looks at me as the smoldering wick and he says, I can redeem that. I can restore that. I can infuse hope into that. This so morning, we're gonna close with, the, with that song we sang at the end there, a song of response. And here's what I wanna, we're gonna have different response stations today. And, and I know this is, this, this is a little bit, a lot to digest in some ways, because it's like, okay, this is building each week and where are we going with all this? But I think today, if you got the point, Jesus gets us. And he wants to release our past. And we're going to open up. We have the candles here. Maybe the candle is the light for someone you know who doesn't know Jesus. Someone who's living stuck in their past. Someone who is lost. Maybe you're just going to, as we sing this song, maybe you're just going to sit there and you're going to pray. You're just going to pray and you're just going to intercede on behalf of, of your, for someone else. Or you're going to pray for yourself this morning. Maybe it's just singing for that thankfulness. Maybe it's receiving communion. And by the way, if you, are gluten, if you have gluten allergies, we have gluten option in the middle of these cups so everyone can participate. Today, we also have these ornaments. And I've been praying, I know others of you, and I, when they told me that three o'clock was sold out and that 5.15 was at 75%, and I was like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. We've been praying this way. <laughs> Remember I've told you, God told me, start praying prayers so big that it makes them sweat. I'm not sure if it's making them sweat to add another service. That seems like not too big of a deal to someone who parted the Red Sea and the Jordan River. But I think it does remind me, it reminded me how, ma how much people matter to him. And so we have ornaments up here and we have markers. And maybe you just want to take and put the first name. You don't have to write their full name, but the first name or, or the initials of someone and drop them. How do we set this up? Take the lid off? Okay. And drop them into there. Someone who needs to realize that their past doesn't define them. Someone to realize that God wants to release their past and pour out all kinds of possibilities. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play a little bit underneath and I'm, we're, just gonna, we're just gonna sit where we are. If you're with us online, you're gonna sit there. And I just want us to do some business with the Lord. Maybe today for the very first time you need to invite Jesus to come in to be the leader of your life. Maybe for others of you today, you came in knowing that you're forgiven, but you're stuck in your past. That just keeps coming back. And today Jesus wants to say, I release that. I want to set you free from that. Maybe while we pray right now, you're going to pray and you're going to intercede on behalf of someone. So when you're going to come up and you're going to write their name and you're going to trust that they're going to meet Jesus, you're going to be bold and you're going to be courageous. You're going to make that invitation sometime this month to a service at the Valley. Would you pray with me? Father, right now where we are, we, we ask that you would meet us. For some of us, maybe where we are right now, we need to 
give our life to you. Maybe for others of us right now, we, we need to hear that still small voice of yours saying, not only are you forgiven, but I've wiped that hard drive clean. Father, would you show each of us in this room someone we're supposed to invite, whether it be Christmas Eve or before, who's never met the hope of Jesus, who's never experienced forgiveness, who's never experienced healing, who's never experienced hope and joy and peace and love. Father, I thank you that I can look at the lineage of Jesus and while it does prove that he is the Messiah and it does prove that he came through the King, King David's line, more important that we see that it's the genesis. It's the genesis of Jesus. It's the new beginning of Jesus. It's, it's the fact that we now can enter into a relationship through the person of Jesus. It's a genesis of someone who looks at us and he's not shocked, he's not disappointed, he's not surprised. But he gets us. And that he wants to meet with each of us today in some new way. Father, I thank you that you use people like me and you use people like everyone here to fulfill your purposes in this world. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Would you stand with me? We're gonna sing this song and we're just gonna open up the respond. If you wanna sing along, you sing along. If you wanna pray, pray. If you wanna fill out a, a, an ornament here, you can, you can do that. But we want this to be a time where you reflect and you remember the goodness of Jesus. for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.